Hello and welcome to the Ford Unto Dawn podcast, a show devoted to the fiction of the Halo franchise. This is episode number 17. I'm David and I'm joined by my co-host Danny, aka Slightly Live. Hello. And this week we have a special guest who I'll have introduced themselves, Dildev. Hello. I am one of the uh, people who write for the blog of the community site Halo Archive, and I'm also run a blog on Tumblr called Arbiter Analysis. So, um, I like Halo. <laughs> That's a good thing, considering you're on this podcast. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, as part of our Community Evolved Kickstarter, backers got the opportunity to suggest topics for articles or podcasts, and this week we're going to do a few of them. Our first comes from Paul slash Duty Bound, who asks us, what parts of the Halo books would you like to see brought into the games? If you asked me that question a few years ago, I might have said bringing Halsey into the games because that was something that was a character I thought was far too pivotal. Uh, they brought it up in the books, they established in the books. I thought it was so, far too pivotal of a character to have the games completely ignore her, especially yeah. when the games start getting bigger and bigger in scale, you know? And uh, that would have been my answer a few years ago. And if you fast forward to now, I don't think... Well, there, I think there's a few elements out there which are actually very important and are completely brushed aside games-wise for a number of obvious reasons and maybe not so obvious reasons. But I'll, I'll just give one example. Uh, I would suggest uh, the, the base at Onyx. Um, the reason why I would suggest it is because as a as a thing, it's it should be the most important thing for like all of humanity. More important than the Smeggity Infinity. Like we have a base inside the structure the size of a solar system. Like and we can hide it in in, 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 in subspace or subspace or whatever. We can hide it too. That'd be a brilliant backup base in case, you know, Earth dies or falls or gets invaded, gets glassed, it's whatever. We should be settling like little human colonies in there as a backup. Never mind the fact that we, like, how do you explore something the size of a solar system? I mean, how do you, like, that should be, like, the most important thing for us to be getting our heads around in, in, in the, in the actual universe, but it's just brushed aside as a, oh, I, that, that, that closety, um, onyx spacey thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's never going to be mentioned in the games or shown in the games, I don't think. Kind of jumping off of that one, um, the Spartan 3s. Like, we did get the Spartan 3s in Halo Reach. But unless you read, um, like, the additional material, you didn't know that, you know, Noble Team, minus George, is entirely Spartan 3s, and you don't know that there is a, a difference between them, a disconnect between how they were trained, um, who they were trained by, that they aren't, you know, connected to Halsey. And I think, and they are such a big part of the expanded universe, and... You know, we suddenly have the Spartan 4s in there, so we go from the Spartan 2s to the Spartan 4s, with a, with a little bit of smattering of Spartan 3s in reach. So I think just a bigger ex exploration of the Spartan 3s in-game, I think, would be really interesting to have. Those are some really good picks. Um, I think my choice would probably come from Mortal Dictata, the Kigyar Cholvon. Oh, please, yes. In that book, she's a shipmistress who, in the wake of the Great Schism... 
wants to create a unified Kegyar military and navy, and for that reason, she's different from pretty much every other jackal we've gotten in the fiction. They're usually happy being opportunistic pirates. That's a shame because I think she'd be very interesting to get more of. She's actually a, a skirmisher, uh, so it'd be a return to those guys who we haven't seen since Halo Reach. And especially now with the new status quo um, post-Halo 5 with Julem Damas Covenant destroyed, having new ex-Covenant factions could really flesh out the universe, and Chol would play a great role in that. I, I agree with that. Um, in general, just more of... Like, I love the Singhaley, and so... I, w- I will gladly take more Sanghaley, but we're also kind of very... There's been a famine of information regarding the other races. Like, we get glimpses of Jirohane, like, um, Castor and Lydas, both very interesting, especially Castor from Last Light. And, you know, you get Cholvan, and, you know, then you hear about, you know, like, Bibjam from one of the audio files in... Halo 5 Guardians, and then you get Stolt in Shadow of Intent, and just like all these different characters from different species, I'd like to see more of them show up also in-game. So kind of on the going off of Cholvan, like, yeah, I'd love to see more diversity in um, in the alien races and the ways that they impact the universe. I'd love to see that in-game. Actually, yeah, you, you just reminded me of something that... Um... I've been annoyed with over the past few years in, um, in regards to how, how 343 actually in particular have treated um, their take on the Halo universe and that's, that's got to do with their, their, their redesigns that started with Halo 4 whenever they decided, yeah, we're going to fundamentally change these alien designs and we're not going to bother even exploiting it because it's ours and we do what we want and that was a very a, an, 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 in all honesty, I, I, I thought it was very annoying that they were taking that sort of pushy point of view. They wanted to put their stamp on the Halo universe and middle finger up to whatever came before because it's theirs now. And I see a retraction in that position because if you follow the, the Escalation comics, they actually put in, for example, the uh, the Jackals. The two different jackal designs, the, mm-hmm. the dinosaur one and the, the saurian one side by yep. side. So it's almost as if they've taken a step back and realized, well, we can actually make an opportunity out of this by saying, well, those are just variations on species, the same way yep. you get different colored humans, essentially. It, to, to be honest, yeah, the Singhaley designs in Halo 4 post are not my favorites, but like, you know... Like you said, like it's, it's a thing about resources, and Grim Brother 1 has gone on to multiple forums. Um, he's I, I know he's at least once on Halo Waypoint and at least once on Halo Archive. He's said, like, yeah, in canon, like, if you went into the Halo universe, you would see all these, like, mandible designs. Like, you would see Rip Amorami's mandible designs. You would see the designs from Halo 2 Anniversary, and you'd see, the, like, the Halo 4 designs, because those are just different types of, of characters. But, you know, due to resources... The model that we show in-game is just that model. But in terms of the expanded universe, I thought it was really interesting in the Thursday War, when the whole attack on Vadam Keep is going down, and Raya Emdama considers for a moment going to hide among the civilians of Vadam. She notes that she wouldn't be able to because her accent and skin color would set her off. She's lighter skinned than those of Vadam. 
And if you go and like read the Escalation comics, you talked about the different um, uh, jackal variations. Well, the Sanghalic skin tones are different too. Thalvadam has a slightly darker skin tone than Emdama does, and Ayit has this kind of orangey skin tone. So like, even that has been brought into the comics, and I really appreciate it. Appreciated that in Escalation. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Paul actually had a second part to his question, which is kind of cheating, but because <laughs> you only get one, but I thought it was worth addressing. Uh, he was wondering how likely a return of the flood would be and what we'd like to see if they're brought back. Well, I I wouldn't be surprised if they came back. And if they came back, I want to fight through a burn. Like one of those just flood infected, like whole solar systems that w- that existed during um, the Forerunner Flood War. Like, it'd kind of be like the Cortana level, but worse. And I would really like to see that in the game. I, like, uh... You I want just... game of Cortana levels? What the hell? <laughs> like, but more like a dynamic environment as well. I just think, like, the atmosphere there would be really, really cool. Like, creepy, really awful, but, like, from a lore pers- I don't know if it'd be fun from a gameplay perspective, but from a lore perspective... I would love to fight through a burn. So, I would endure another Cortana level for a burn. No, no, it's just the idea of level after level of Proctology videos, just playing through it and interactively does not sound fun. Just, no, uh, no. (laughs) Some people love that stuff. People love that level. I I just thought it was a chore. I hit brown. It, It was hard to navigate Cortana. I think that was the worst part of that level for me was navigation. I just couldn't find my way around. And it was because of the brown, all the brown. I think it's one of those levels I'm fine speed running through, but if I get knocked off or turned around, I'm lost. <laughs> I'm hosed. I, I, every time I think of that level, I keep thinking of a level from Conqueror's Bad Fur Day with a big giant talking poo and just the mental association with that. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> also, it's, it's it's like the antithesis of Halo 3, that level. Like, Halo 3 is all about the open environments and massive scale and choice and diversity and all these different ways to approach encounters and then you have like the the ass level where it's just walk through the ass backwards walk through the frontwards there you go you're done you know it's it's anti-halo 3 that level damn it okay but what if you had a cortana like okay a burn level but it had the open world of halo 3 of halo 5 so it was blood infested really gross and ugly and just kind and really creepy but you still had that open world like dynamic play i think the flood environments in halo wars in terms of a larger scale with all these flood stocks or massive building sized flood forms could be cool um or even just in terms of navigation i think in halo 3 they just covered too much of everything with flood biomatter it never really felt like high charity to me because for the most part you couldn't recognize any of the places you'd been in previously yeah yeah, yeah. I, I had heard, and I don't know how true this is, but I had heard that for the Cortana level, there was actually supposed to be this kind of pseudo-boss fight in which you went through the mausoleum of the Arbiters, and all, like, the Arbiter corpses were, like, floodified and, like, came at you. But that would have been fun. That would have been terrifying. <laughs> I don't know if it's interesting. I don't know if fun's the right word. It would have been interesting. If they do bring back the Flood, I think for story and lore reasons, they'll need to change things up a lot and um, push it uh, 
beyond what we've gotten and what we're used to. Because Halo 3 tried to push that with the pure forms, but I don't think they worked out too well. Um, they made the combat forms easy to take down, and the pure forms are just more annoying than anything else, especially in higher difficulties. If you've read the the uh, Halo graphic novel story, Last Voyage of the Infinite yeah. Sucker, oh, yeah. the comic portrays the Flood in this really wild and nightmarish style. These sort of horrible multicolored Flood that look like you went on an ash trip uh, coming at you in this sort of roiling mass that we've seen described but in the games. Um, but it's never really been represented uh, properly. Have you guys seen the... Um read the Mona Lisa or seen the motion comic adaptation of the Mona Lisa. Okay. Cuz especially the like the motion comic absolutely nails the like the horror of the flood imagery. Like that that was really good like bringing the flood into this very um very alien and aliens-esque like um feeling towards its development um, and towards the way that it's treated. But yeah, that that felt like the Flood that I would want to see like in-game. Again, this kind of galactic horror show. I think they're holding on to the Flood. Like, uh, get out of jail free card. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's the easiest fallback story to do. Oh, here are the Flood again. They will wipe out the galaxy unless we stop them again. That's uh, I'm not too sure how you, how you deal with that because Halo Wars Two did sort of leave a, a couple of plot threads dangling about like whole planets potentially infected with the the flood. You know, the flood just being a constant threat that that if we haven't actually dealt with that threat properly. That like because then then there have been other hints like you said like escalation and also um, at the end of like. Granted, um, Halo Legends Origins, like, because it's told from, uh, Cortana, um, who is, you know, that she's kind of entering her first stages of rampancy during, during her telling of that, so Frank O'Connor has said that, you know, she's not a reliable source. But, yeah, we do see, like, pieces of, oh, the Flood survived, oh, the Flood is there, but at the same, which makes sense, um, that the Flood would still be out in the galaxy because they have these localized spots, and because... The halo ring that they fired only killed the flood in on the arc. Yeah, in the arc, yeah, that's like yeah. the outside of the galaxy. That's in the, yep. the fringes of our galaxy, so it wouldn't penetrate deeper into where we are. We're in the an arm halfway across. Sorry, when the full length away across, that wouldn't that wouldn't impact it. And if you go as well, just by by uh, the fact that the the origin of the flood's intergalactic. Mm-hmm. So we know, even if the whole Halo we fired and did, it wiped out all life and we started all the whole, the Halo shebang that we know about, we yeah. never actually dealt with the origins of the Flood in totality. They came from outside the galaxy. They could still come back from outside the galaxy. Yeah, and also, like, the Forerunner saga um, only, like, leaves a door open, but it, like, hangs a sign on the door and says, like, we're coming, like, back in ten. Um... Because, like, you know, the, the grave mind during its, um, you know, discussion to the didact, it ends up saying, like, yeah, you guys are going to, like, push us back, but we're going to come again. And he says the same thing again to John when they've lit the halo ring and are running away from uh, the halo ring on in Halo 3, is that, like, 
is that this the sentence um is something that I just have to wait to overcome again, like wait until I have acquired su- sufficient body mass once more. Um, but yeah, it's it's always been treated like a temporary thing, killing the Yeah, flood. and kind of going off what we got in Halo 3 and the 4 in our trilogy, if you bring the flood back now, they aren't just space zombies. Um, you've got all the, yeah. the fan expectations for the return of the yeah. flood and the precursors coming back. Like there, there would have to be like for like like you said for the ramifications about the mantle and about, you know, where that lies and, you know, the precursors were going to give it to humanity. The forerunners took it by force, and then the whole thing just came into a mess after. Uh, Ta da! <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, the mantle is so messed up. Oh. Okay, and we have one other topic to discuss from Gavin slash Z Outer Limits, and I think that this ties into one of uh, uh, Danny's bugbears about the universe and something we talked about last episode with Hunters in the Dark. Um, does the need for Earth and humending yeah, does the need for Earth and humanity ending climactic events damage the universe? I, you know what, I would say to a certain extent, yeah. Um, yeah, just because, like, there's, uh, because we do have, like, it make, it made sense during the Human Covenant War. Like, that just made sense for, you know, all the games set during the Human Covenant War for humanity to, you know, push back and, you know, save the galaxy. Because it, it was tied into just saving humanity themselves from this overwhelming force that of the Covenant and the Flood. But, like, in posts... And, like, I'll, I'll give Halo 4 a pass on it, too, because that was about the Master Chief and Cortana finding a way home. That was about their story. But, like, you know, with larger games like Halo 5 and, like, where we're going to go with Halo 6, I think I think there needs to be more of the other races having significant roles in protecting the galaxy as well. And it's a setup that, like the Flood, the more you use it wantonly, it can have less and less of an impact and and with something like hunters in the dark it's less these events happening and more uh why don't people talk about it yeah i think i'm i'm really sick of that in the books and extended stuff it it's it's ridiculous that this has been oh a threat is thingy and we must stopify it yay you know it's 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 really getting played out like if you look at look at the original Halo, like that wasn't a direct threat to Earth, and it was fun. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have to have like everything on the line with it. It was a slow build up to it. You know what I mean? A good, and a sort of reveal, a surprising reveal about it. But it wasn't like the whole point of the game. You know, you weren't worried mm-hmm. about oh no, they will attack Earth, or you know, like that wasn't on your mind and. I don't care about it. I, 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 I honestly don't care about Earth at this point. I've saved it that many feckin' times. Let them save themselves for once, you know. <laughs> and you're right as well about the fact that it's so... Like, humans in, in the Halo universe, if I don't mind saying this, we're, we're scumbags. Like, we are complete, utter scum, actually. We, we fuck over our allies. If you if you look at Oni, they, they screw yeah. over their own... Uh, relations with the elites. They do yep. medical 
testing and inhuman testing and, and just ill-moral stuff on on their partners and friends, never mind on their own children. You know yep. what I mean? Like, humanity in the Halo universe, I don't think they deserve to be saved in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's um, that's something people glossed over in the Nyland books. If I recall, there was a tiny bit in some of the early fiction about one of the reasons the insurrectionists fought back was that they didn't want their occupations chosen for them by the government. And that that stopped me. Like, wait, what? <laughs> if it wasn't clear before, I think uh, Hunt the Truth really made that um, plain that the UEG is pretty much an authoritarian regime, and it's it's not a great place. It's really, really not like it's over time when they built up this extended universe. We start thinking that I don't really like this, these people I'm fighting for. I don't like my side. Yeah, it's it's the civilians, and then you got the heroes. But leading the heroes, aside from like Terrence Hood, are just like yeah, they're 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 backstabbers, and yeah, they're. Like, I think, like, in defense of Saren Osman, I think she's trying to do the right thing, but I think she's just going about it all wrong. Um, but, yeah, it, overall, just the, the way that it's set up, especially post-war, especially post-Human Covenant War, it's, it's almost scary that, like, I was actually concerned that they would go forward and say that humanity are the rightful owners of the man should be given the responsibility and the protection and the authority over the galaxy. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Goodness gracious, no. So I actually really appreciated in uh, in Halo 5 when John, who is kind of like the pinnacle of like humanity, says like, yeah, the mantle's crap. The mantle is like a an oppressive piece. We don't want the mantle. It's 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 bull. <laughs> yeah, and as we brought up in our piece on Cortana's motivations in Halo Five, which I will link to in the show notes, uh, <laughs> Cortana's product of an authoritarian regime that basically buys into the idea of controlling others before they control you. Um, and so her assuming the mantle in Halo Five is basically saying Oni had the right idea, but these fleshy, short-lived guys can't do it properly. And now she has giant honking space birds to enforce her will. <laughs> space birds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we programmed them to think that way, to do the greater good. And that's exactly what she's doing. She's doing the greater good by f***ing everyone over because that's how we do things in Halo, you know? What I find really interesting about, like, the idea of the mantle and even the, even the covenant, it... It all ties back into this one thing, this one line of the flood, which I I I feel very vaguely that it's you know that it was said in Halo Three, but I definitely know for a fact that it was said in Silentium. Was that the Grave Mind once said, "Peace through subjugation," so essentially peace through oppression. That is exactly how it happened with um, with the UNSC versus the Insurrection, and I don't really like the Insurrection either, because they did some pretty atrocious things. But like UNSC and the Insurrection, the whole idea of the mantle, again, step out of line, be punished. The Covenant, that the whole position of the Arbiter was to keep people in line through oppression, um, based in its very origin of, like, it becoming that, like, of the fall of Falshavami to becoming this just kind of um, shameful position. Overall, it's just, it has, there, there, there's so, this, this ongoing thread of peace through oppression. 
And it's always what we're fighting against. It just comes in different forms, and the most current form is Cortana and the mantle. So in summation, everyone is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually... I actually felt, see, I, I was actually cheering on Joel Madama after learning his origins, you know that? Like, you, you're kidnapped, you're abused, you're experimented on, you have a, a lifetime of being a, a test subject to look forward to. I get the hell out of there too. I would be rather miffed at people doing that to me. Yeah, I understand where people felt miffed about Jules' early death in Halo 5 because in the books he's got a pretty solid reason for doing what he does and and his political goals as opposed to the faux religious ones he uses to gain followers. Um, yeah. And his political goals don't really get expressed to the player. But wasn't there wasn't there an yeah. only plot to poison uh, poison the food supply? Yeah. On St. Ho- yeah. Helios to make them dependent on Earth? Yeah, no, to not buy- just dependent on Earth, to wipe them out. This was a bioweapon just to kill all the St. Bio- yeah, yeah. Yeah, poison their. Uh, Urukan. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, like, like, that's disgusting. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's just as bad as kidnapping children on the scale of scumbag humanity, you know what I mean? Like, that's. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't Oni. understand. <laughs> yeah, and we keep saying, oh, it's just Oni. Yeah, Oni, they're, they're the bad guys who are actually the good guys and control us and give us orders. But they're the bad guys. You know what I mean? I, I hate that. I hate the fact that we're fighting. That's supposed to be our side, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't like fighting for the UNSC and Halo. I, I, don't, I don't go, oh, yeah, hell yeah, another factory for us. You know what I mean? It's, I don't buy into any of that. I don't understand why they keep pushing it so thick in our faces, especially mm-hmm. with the the the, Spart- the bro Spartans, Spartan bros. What 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 I find important about the Spartan fours is okay. The Spartan, and I I've ranted about this in a um, Halo Archive article, Immortal Dictata, is that Spartan twos and Spartan threes were what that flat out king. That's what it was. They were child enslavement, child soldiers. Human trafficking, no AC, and becoming Spartans. And what the Spartan 4 program is, is it's a new program that's pulled off. They don't they no longer answer directly to Oni. So they're separate from Oni. And they and it was created by a Spartan 2 and a Spartan 3. So the Spartan 4 program to me actually speaks of a reclamation of the, of like Spartan twos and threes reclaiming stolen from them and making it into something better, so that to me that's why I like the Spartan four program. Even if you know you get people like Demarco and Matt there, it's still like like the the impact the what it represents. I really like the Spartan four program, and I like a lot of the Spartan fours. So. I just thought it was awfully convenient going from Halo 3, you're the last guy there, there's some other dudes in the extended universe that you know about, you're the last one, wake up, hey, bros everywhere, what? <laughs> Why is there an army of us? What the hell happened? <laughs> like, that was such a conceited, terrible thing to do. I I, I just think they brought it in too quickly. I I will concede that point, yes. The, the sudden power... The, the sudden power shift, um, especially the Spartan fours, um, should have gotten a little more explanation. Um, yeah, I'm more build because yeah, it, I, you don't build an army overnight. You know, what I mean? this should have taken a longer time to 
to show the development of this, you know what I mean, and pushing to get it done, and the, just the challenges of setting it up, and then convincing people to join up, and they could you could have actually followed one or two Spartans from the very start of the whole process, you know what I mean, up until the very, very end, where it's an actual proper military machine. Yeah. Do you mean, like, in-game? Because they have done that in the Expanded Universe at least twice. I think they could have done a lot more with the Spartan 4s in-game. Okay. Like, I, I think they, they really treat them badly in-game. Especially mm. with, uh, God, I don't want to even mention her name. I uh, like that... Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't have to mention her name for you to know, okay? So that, that just says a lot about what her character is. Yeah, but will, I think she was a terrible like example of it. You know, like they, they went wrong with her, and I think they went even worse with with Locke. Like Locke is big, black, and 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 soulless. Oh gosh, I love Locke. Are are you kidding? No, he is. I you know what? I'll let you pass on the Palmer thing, but I'm going to bat for Locke. I, I have a voice text to voice simulator on my computer with more personality than him. But. <laughs> Well, the thing about Locke, like, one of his main is that he is kind. Like, even when he's Oni, like, in Nightfall, he still is kind. He's very polite towards people. I didn't pick up any of that in any of the Locke material I unfortunately sat through. Like, what, <laughs> what part of the Locke stuff does this emotion come from? Because I haven't seen it. Mo mo okay, most of the kindness you see in... um. Halo 5, and just the way he treats his crew, and, like, specifically Osiris, but a lot of it, um, I should have said, like, politeness is a better way of doing it, because he is, like, he defers to, um, Aiken in Nightfall, like, he, he respects the chain of command, and he tries to pull in, like, Horrigan when Horrigan gets mouthy. Um, he... He takes a stand with the Cedrons against the people, because the Cedrons are in the right. He has a moral core, and, like, even when Felvedom in Halo 5, understandably, like, up in his face and kind of, like, angry, you know, for the most part, Locke remains, like, respectful of, like, Thel's authority. This is Thel's ground, you know, okay, I'm going to respect and I'm going to answer to him. And just, in general, Locke is, Locke's a good person, and I'm going to defend that by gum. Grr. But that sure. just sounds like it, it, it sounds like a wee Gary Sue then because he's very nice. Oh, he's very very nice. Yeah, he, that is that is an important thing. Like, forget well, boring is every single character having to be a cynical like mouthy person. No, like, like the whole the whole tr the whole thing he goes through in Nightfall, especially about him having to um, you know, t like choose between like Oni versus the Cedrons. And the whole thing he goes through there, I I found that very compelling. Grant, I'm not gonna put Nightfall up there as like the pinnacle of like media, but the story that Locke went through, I thought was very compelling because it revealed what type of person he is at his core. So. Um, okay. Well, I, I just remember whenever I played Halo Five the first time, my first experience in Halo Five, I knew who Locke was, and by the time Halo Five finished, I thought, why wasn't why wasn't Buck the main character? <laughs> Buck, Buck had so much personality. I, to be honest, I had the complete opposite reaction. I, Buck was the person I was looking forward to the least out of Osiris. He ended up pulling his weight in the end. Like, when I got there, I really loved how much of an emotional support he was for the other characters. Um, particularly when, you know, um, before the Sunayan, he goes and he asks, um, 
Tanaka to say a few words for them and kind of invites Tanaka into the group. Yeah, but, like, like cardboard man, uh, Locke doesn't care about prayers. Gosh, no! <laughs> Locke is not a cardboard character. It's... <laughs> gosh, I hate using this... I, I, I cannot believe I'm saying this word and refer in terms of Halo 5, because I really hate how it's been used in terms of Halo 5, but Locke feels more nuanced than Buck. And I hate using the word nuanced because it's been thrown around in regards to Halo 5 to a very controversial thing that I don't agree is nuanced. But the the thing about, like, Arg. But do you really want a nuanced character? Or yes. do you want a badass? If I'm playing some really complicated game where political balances and all this stuff is important and relationships are important, and if, I, if I'm playing that game, maybe maybe I'll want maybe I want a lock for that game. I'm playing a game where I'm playing a space dude and a space shooting space lasers at space bad guys. I want a badass. Sorry, you know. You know what? Palom doesn't mean that you can't backflip around and kick people's and kick kick people in the butt. You got Captain America for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, by the way, can I say one thing? I like Buck so much. I can't stand Nathan Fillion, but I like Buck. Like, like, and look, I think Buck is awesome too. Like, I just wasn't ready for him in Halo 5. I didn't know what he was going to bring to the table. What he brought to the table, I really liked. And I think, Danny, the ultimate difference between you and me is that I do like nuanced relationships and nuanced like, touchy-feely, like, friendships being developed within the bang-bang-shooty explosions. Like, I will take the bang-bang-shooty explosions, but that's why I like Locke, is because they're- and, like, specifically Locke, when he is around people, like, when he's around Osiris, when he's around the Cedrons and the Onis, um, because of the way the characters play off each other, that's what keeps me invested in the game. The gameplay is fun. But what keeps me coming back to the universe is the characters and their interactions. Can I make one completely unfair comparison? Oh, no for I it. I will allow it. <laughs> Johnson and the Chief never had a heart-to-heart bro moment, and I loved the sh** between their relationship. I loved how they interacted, and they never had touchy-feely bro moment, and there was no calm, thoughtful, meaningful relationship there. And they had great dynamic. Well, yeah. I, I agree with you there. But at the same time, that was a different sort of friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying there's no room yeah. for the touchy-feely stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying that maybe not at the forefront. Like he was supposed, he was supposed to be this equal to the chief. Like I, I got very disappointed with Locke because the extended media and the marketing they portrayed this great hunt. They kept calling it a hunt. You know, you're I... bringing in the chief, and you're this big man who's the only one who can do it and it was a watery snottery disappointing little slap slap job thing that lasted half a minute you know is, is that it you know and even in the end they're like hugging bros and <laughs> it just felt like i was i was sold a game that didn't exist you know what blame, I mean, with the marketing blame that on the story don't blame that on the character <laughs> that's what i would say I think just in general, that was an issue that was with Halo 5. Just the marketing gate. Like, for instance, Hunt the Truth definitely was building Oni up to be this big um, uh, threat. Like, kind of one of the main threats in the game. But we barely hear from Oni. Do we hear at all from Oni? 
is Oni even mentioned in the game? It might only be part of the game with the uh, the opening section of Blue Team on the Argent Moon. Yeah. Yeah, like, beyond that, it's just, like, the whole corruption that, you know, was being explored in Hunt the Tru- with through Hunt the Truth, just not there. And so, again, I... I would blame more the marketing. What's really sad is that the Hot the Truth is easily some of the best Halo fiction they've ever done in terms I of agree. quality story. Everything about that had me just salivating for more. It was just fan smegatastic, you know? And Ooh, absolutely. And to find out that it had literally nothing really to do with the game in the in the end, it meant literally nothing had no real impact. I was like, that's a bit of a wet sausage, you know? It's, uh. it, it, it was disappointing. Like, I, I kept on trying to see where the connection came in apart from... Uh, apart from the Guardians. Yeah. I, w- I was expecting a lot more about Oni cover-ups and, like... Do you remember the, the first reason- season with the Master Chief? I thought, oh, sh- they're explaining why he's being haunted. They're explaining yeah. this big thing about the chief. This is so awesome. And it turns out, oh, the chief, they shot up some government people. This is mind-blowing. And then the complete 180 and all that. They pulled it all back in. They cleared the chief. Like, like, right, right. Sorry. Need to make sure I understand how, how silly this is. The chief got framed for something, blamed for something, exonerated for the something, and then a few months later, he's on a mission, he goes rogue, and they're like, oh no, he's gone bad again. Well, yeah, and I think that was real a really interesting thought that, that they brought up in the first season of Hunt the Truth, of being the, like, um, I think it was Mashak that first started talking about is Chief is, like, the epitome, the example of free reign in the military, and people aren't happy about that. And that would have been wonderful to explore. Absolutely wonderful to explore throughout Halo 5. Um, and so, yeah, I was I was expecting more of that in, instead of the created plotline. Which, yeah. Well, you guys went off that question pretty far. <laughs> we did. Ooh, whoops. We got into a fight. <laughs> it was a friendly fight. It was a skirmish. It was a friendly know? fight, yeah, yes. Yeah. It was a friendly fight. <laughs> Okay, anything else you guys want to talk about then? Uh, anything we didn't cover? Halo 5, Halo 4, Spartans, Locke? Um, <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, we have a clean slate of nothing to look forward to, really, with with Halo fiction coming up. We have a big, a big empty black hole just sucking the life out of us with nothing to look forward to yeah. after after Halo 5 because they went nuts. This uh, this little period with Halo Five, thankfully, I I've enjoyed every moment and every page of yeah. every little story they put out, and now we're back to what's next. You know, like if uh, you read the latest uh, Waypoint update about uh, the new Infinity Armory update to Halo Five, there's a little yeah. lore nugget yeah. of uh, the map description for I think it's Riptide or something. Yeah, and they mentioned just a little bit of post Halo Five of uh, of info there, and I was like, "Yes, this is in my veins. This is not enough." Yeah, like the only thing that they've officially stated was the print release of New Blood. And, well, you know, yay, because a lot of people were excited for the print release, but at the same time, I want some new fiction as well. Like, I'd love to see you know some more information. I got really excited in terms of the lore nugget about the lore nugget of the blood of Suban or Suban, however you would say it. The carbine with the needle rounds. 
Um, I, I got really excited about that lore nugget. But that was going more into the past and less into the post Halo Five universe. That was kind of yeah. it's a little nuggets. It's like it's yeah. awesome. We want yeah. we want some more. You know, forwards, backwards. It doesn't matter. Okay, then that about wraps it up. I want to thank Dilda for coming along and arguing with Danny for me. <laughs> Th- thank you for having me. <laughs> and we'll put links to what we talked about and Dilda's work in the show notes, which you'll find at forwardunderdawn.com/slash/podcast17. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or catch new episodes on our website or on YouTube. You can follow us at Twitter at Forward Dawn or leave a comment on the website or our forums. Thanks for listening and see you next time.